are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now you need to understand something here, and it needs to be said, that Jesus was more highly developed in this than you are. So it works better for him because he's more highly developed in it. Jesus spoke only what his father said. But you see, the principle here, I'm not telling you to go out and try to turn water into gasoline. That's not it at all. Now, you have to say these things because somebody will go try it. Well, I'm going to do it just like Jesus did. Now, the thing that I'm trying to get over to you and the thing that Jesus is trying to get over here is that this is a principle. It works. It works in everything of life. He's not telling you to go out and try to turn water into wine or wine into water. That's not the idea. That's not the principle. That's not the thought here. The thing here is that this is a Bible principle. If you will obey the principle here, not that you try to go out and turn gasoline into water. Now, you know, if it were necessary to do that and you had the faith to do it, it'll work. But the principle is that he didn't sit there and say, we don't have wine, we don't have wine, we don't have wine. He got us some water and then called it wine. <laughs> now, this is a principle, see. Again, I want to bear that out. Lest somebody take it and run with it, you know, and go do something goofy with it. This is a principle. Jesus called things that were not. Now, let me just take you mentally to some other scriptures. And that is in uh, 13th chapter of Luke. Jesus walked up to a little woman one day. See, now there's so many of these. We couldn't cover them all, but I'm going to give you some highlights of them. He walked up to a little woman one day that was all bent over. She was bowed together. She could in no wise lift up herself. And Jesus said to that little woman, You are loosed from your infirmity. But she wasn't. She still was just as bent over as she ever was. Well, what's Jesus doing? Is he trying to play make-believe again? No. No. You know what Jesus is doing? He's calling the thing that is not. Now, if you study the Bible, or a student of the Bible, you'll realize this after I say it. If you don't think along these lines, you'll never notice it, see. God never does anything until he says it. That's the way it works. In fact, there is nothing that was done in the earth unless God, you see, it seems like that God will do nothing in the earth unless it's spoken, prophesied, called for by prayer, or by calling things that are not. You know, you see these bumper stickers. Some of you probably got them on your car. <laughs> it says... God has everything under control. No, God doesn't have everything in this earth under control. Now, if he's controlling everything in this earth, he's really got it in a mess. But he's not, see. There's certain things God can do, and there's certain things God can't do concerning this earth. All down through the Bible, you'll find that he would say some things and try to get it in the earth, get his word in the earth where it could be done. When Isaiah prophesied that the virgin shall conceive and bear a child, if you'll notice, it was 750 years before Jesus was born in the earth. It was prophesied. See, these things have to be said. God always says it first. 
Jesus operated the same principle. And he walked up to the little woman and said, You're loose from your infirmity. But she wasn't at that point. But he was calling for the thing that was not manifesting. Then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she is made straight. So, see, he called it first. He called it the way it's going to be. See, faith always looks through the storm. Faith always sees the end result. So when Jesus walked up there, he could see the end result, so he just called it. Now, that's God's method. It's not my method. It's God's method. Now, let me show you something else. Go with me over to the 11th chapter of John. Now, you'll notice immediately that this is the story of Lazarus of Bethany. And they sent a runner down there to tell Jesus that it was that Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. And as he came down and said, Lazarus, whom thou lovest, is sick. In verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. Now, what are you going to do with that? I mean, here Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. You keep on reading, you find out he died. Well, i tell you what I'm going to do with it. I'm just going to follow the same thing that Jesus did. Because he knows something. He's calling things that are not. Now, actually, this needs some more explanation. We'll do that because it says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, there's people that read that and say, well, now, see, it says Jesus said that Lazarus was sick for the glory of God. So God would be glorified. Now, you know, God's not schizophrenic. Either he wants you well or he wants you sick, you know. And he didn't make him sick so he could make him well so he could get glory out of it. Now, you know, that's a con game if that's the way God's doing. But you know that's not true. Wasn't God's will for Lazarus to be sick. Wasn't God's will for Lazarus to die. But, see, people will take that and they'll say, well, now, uh, it says that right there. But now let me show you why you can't interpret it that way. This sickness is not unto death. Now, always take it literally if you can. Now, you can't take that literally. If you do, Jesus lied. Now, see, there's a difference in a lie and a confession and calling things that are not. So Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. Now, you can't interpret this verse literally. If you do, you make Jesus out a liar, and a lie is sin, and the Bible says there was no sin in him. So we've got to look at it from a different angle. He is calling the end results. He's calling the thing that will be the end results of the matter. And he says, this sickness is not unto death, but the end results of this whole matter will bring glory to God... And the glory that God got was when he was raised from the dead. Not when he died, not when he was sick. It was not the sickness, not the death that glorified God. It was the resurrection that glorified God. He raised him from the dead. Now, see, if it had been God's will for him to die, then Jesus was destroying the work of his Father. Can you see that? Wasn't God's will for him to die. Wasn't God's will for him to get sick. But now you follow Jesus and you'll learn something. As he starts on down there, look at verse 11. These things saith he, after he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. And they said, well, you know, if he's asleep, he's doing well. 
Well, now, see, Jesus said, well, now, they've misunderstood me. See, he's making a confession here. He's calling the thing that's not. Lazarus wasn't asleep. He's dead. And Jesus knew he was dead. See, he stayed two more days in the same place. It took the runner a day to get down there and tell him that because it's about 17 miles to where he was. Then Jesus stayed two more days and then walks down there. And on the way down there, he said, Lazarus sleepeth. Now, what's he doing? He's guarding his conversation that he does not undo what he's already declared in the beginning, that the end results of this thing will bring glory to God. But his disciples misunderstood him. Just the way you've been misunderstood sometimes when you confess some things and people heard you say it. See, that's why I say you don't have to say it before people. Confess it between you and God because they'll misunderstand you sometimes. You'll have to do a lot of explaining and sometimes they won't understand it then. But Jesus stopped and explained to him. He said, Lazarus is dead. Now, that's what the King James says. But if you read the interlinear Greek, the word dead, translated dead in the King James, is translated died. There's a difference. One is present tense, the other is past tense. Jesus said Lazarus died. He didn't say he is dead. Now, there's a difference in somebody that died and somebody that is dead. If you don't believe that, look at Jesus. He died, but he's not dead. So Jesus is calling the thing that is not. Now, see, you'll learn some things from this. And in this principle now, here again, Jesus is not teaching you how to go raise the dead. There's been a few people that, you know, they got a hold of this and said, Glory to God, that's the way you raise the dead. So they want to go out and raise all the dead people. Now, you ought not have to say this, but you do. He's giving, this is a principle that Jesus operated in, and he's operating highly and efficiently in it. Now, when he gets down there, when he gets there, boy, he tells them, roll the stone away. And they said, but Lord, he's been dead four days. Now, see, this fact that he's been dead four days proves to you that he was dead the day Jesus, when the runner got there, probably when the runner got there. If not, he died immediately after the runner got there because it was 17 miles there. Now, there's some confusion about that. Some people said it wasn't but just few miles, but he was over past where John baptized uh, over the other side of Jordan, which was 17 miles to the Bethany where Lazarus lived. Now, there was another Bethany, but it was 17 miles. It took a man a day to get there, just about a day. Jesus stayed two more days. That's three days. And then it took Jesus a day to get there. That's four days. Now, when he gets there, he said he's been dead four days. So Jesus knew he was dead. Now, whether he was dead or not, when Jesus said that at the first, it was either then or immediately after. And Jesus knew he's dead. But he's calling the thing that's not. Now, see, this is God's method. It's all through the Bible. But sometimes people miss it, see, because they're just not thinking along those lines. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. Now, our CD offer all this week is CD offer number 7215. It's entitled, Calling Things That Are Not As Though They Were. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. Now, do you realize this is the way God taught Abraham faith? The Bible says Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. Well, Abram was his name at first, but Abram never did believe God the way Abraham believed God. Now, the scripture says of Abram in chapter 15 that he believed in the Lord. 
Well, it's good that he believed in the Lord, but it says that Abraham believed God. You can believe in the Lord and not believe a thing he said in his word. And because Abram was 75 years old when God gave him the promise, and his wife was barren, he had a problem believing God. So God had to instigate his law of faith and confession to get this man to gain faith. So he changed his name. He changed his name to Abraham which meant father of a multitude, so he had to confess what God said about him. Now, this is why confession is so important. When you're confessing the Word of God, most of the time you're calling things that are not manifest in your life, and you call them as though they were manifest in your life until they are manifest in your life. Now, this is where some of you have been missing it. You've been calling things that are as though they are, and they are, and they'll stay that way as long as you're calling it that way. Because you've said it over and over till it's planted in your heart, and what you sow, that's what you reap. Now, you need to know that calling things are not is a Bible principle. Don't let somebody talk you out of it. Read Romans chapter 4, where it says, Abraham became fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. Abram never did get fully persuaded until God changed his name and forced him to say what God said about him. Now, somebody's not going to twist your arm and make you say what God said about you. But if you'll say what God said about you, it'll cause faith to come in that promise. Offer number 7215 for a total of $19. The toll-free order line is 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400. Or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescapps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.